0: coming to you from Classic City, the capital of the Bulldog Nation. It's time for another edition of the podcast Designed for the most die-hard Georgia fans in the country. Here are your hosts,
1: Tyler and Charlie.
0: What's up guys? Welcome back to another edition of the Glory UGA podcast. I'm Tyler and here with me today for our week 4 Picks of the Week episode is my co-host Charlie. And Charlie it's three weeks in a row now. Three weeks in a row, and you are still holding strong in the top spot in our straight-up picks. You can't claim luck anymore. I know that that was your that was your calling card the first couple weeks. Oh, I'm just getting lucky. No, it, you're legitimately impressing me right now. So seriously, like, what has been the secret to this turnaround so far this year?
1: I have no idea. Luck. I'm gonna go. No, with No,
0: no, you cannot go with luck.
1: I mean, I, I, I
0: swear to God, I, I'm picturing you right now. All off season long, during this pandemic, just like curled up with football magazines, watching tape from last year, pulling up stuff on YouTube, watching huddle. Convince me that's not what you were doing.
1: No, absolutely not.
0: So you're just sitting there staring at blank walls.
1: I don't have time for that. I listen to podcasts. I don't have time for that. I listen to podcasts.
0: You listen to football podcasts. Yeah. All off season. Ah uh, no. But you did at least some. It seems yeah that. clearly. Some. Clearly, if something's different this year. I don't know what it is, but something's different. Luck. You're still going with that. I don't, uh, I don't I do not buy luck. That's you don't get lucky one time, sure. One week every now and then, absolutely. But three weeks in a row, you're still holding strong? No. Nah, there's something more than luck there. But whatever you're doing, it's working. Keep rolling with it. But while you are undoubtedly killing it right now, after last week, you finally have some company at the top of the straight up standings. I told you guys after I got a few weeks under my belt and actually got to watch some of these teams play. That I would eventually get things straightened out. I felt pretty good about last week's slate and I actually ended up going 8-1 overall to push my straight up total to 18-8 and into a tie with Charlie atop the standings. But it was a great week all around last week. Hopefully you guys took our advice on a few of those picks and made yourself a little money last week. Charlie went 7-2 both straight up and against the spread as I previously mentioned, I went 8-1 and one straight up and also 7-2 against the spread. Our guest host, Chase Martals, who did a great job. He had a good week as well, going 6-3 straight up and 4-5 and five against the spread. So our updated totals are Charlie and myself at 18-8 straight up with the guest host coming in at 15-11. And, and I'm currently atop the against the spread picks with a 17-9 record with Charlie just one game behind me at 16-10. And our guest hosts are coming in at 11-15 against the spread. So last week was a really good week all around, but it wasn't good enough because it wasn't perfect. Perfection is the goal, guys. I made no secret about my goal of a perfect week in the straight up picks, at least the straight up picks. Against the spread would be awesome too, but at least one perfect week straight up. I may not get there. Who knows? We'll see. But I got so close last week, I just barely missed out on it. I nailed AM as my upset special pick. But thanks to Tom Herman, I did not go 9-0. I went 8-1. and Thanks for that, Tom. But I feel pretty good about this week's slate of games. The big question mark for me is actually our game. Really a complete toss-up for me right now. But we're going to give it our best shot again this week and see if one of us can pull off a perfect week. And helping us do that this week is one of our biggest and certainly our most active and vocal supporters. What do you say, Charlie?
1: Yes. No absolutely. doubt about it.
0: Yeah, no doubt about it. So uh, I would say, honestly, like we, probably, we could probably do a full mailbag show just off his questions. Like, like every week. It's awesome. We, we love this guy. We love and appreciate all of our listeners, but our guest host today is one of the best. So we are very happy to welcome another good friend of the podcast to the show today, Mr. Cliff Payne. Welcome back, Cliff. Well, thanks, guys. I'm honored to be on. We're so glad to have you back, buddy. Uh, and Cliff, I got to ask you this real quick before we get to the actual picks. Because you are, like I said at the, at the outset here, kind of introducing you, you are like definitely, I would say, probably for sure, our most active supporter on, on social media. And I'm just curious, how many hours a day – I know you've got things going on in your life outside of Georgia, but how many hours a day are you not thinking about the Georgia Bulldogs?
2: <laughs> that is a good question. I'm pretty often thinking about them.
0: Yeah, if you're like me, I know it's, it's always on the back of your mind at, at least, at the very least. Well,
2: you know, as we talked about before, I'm about 38 years old. So, their last national title was a couple of years before I was born. So, I'm as desperate as anybody to see Georgia finally get over that hump.
0: You and me both, brother. I was not alive for that. I was five. I was. I came five years after that last title. So, I have literally been waiting my entire life for that. And I, just, I think you have yeah. too. So, we're on the same boat there. But, um, are you ready to make some picks, bud? Let's get it. Let's do it. Charlie, what do you got? All right.
1: We'll start with the games that have a noon kick. And even though this game would be thought of as being less important than others due due to the time slot, I think it'll be quite interesting. And I'm talking about Auburn going to Columbia to take on the Gamecocks. Both teams have had trouble this season, and Auburn almost lost to Arkansas. Really, they should have lost to Arkansas Yeah, they definitely should have lost to
0: Arkansas. They got screwed.
1: Since this is a pick I'm going with South Carolina to win and cover. Cliff, what's your pick?
0: Okay, well,
2: a good starting point for looking at these matchups for me, the way I kind of look at them is looking at the scoring margin because it gives you a good idea of where their aff- offense and defenses are at. So when you look at Auburn there, number 43, with a scoring margin of negative one, uh, South Carolina is actually – Number 26 with a scoring margin of plus 5.3. How about that? Wow. So South Carolina could easily be 2-1, and one, and you can make an argument that they should have beaten Florida as well. If only they would have just kept running the ball because Florida couldn't stop it. Auburn, on the other hand, could easily be 0-3 as they've gotten some extremely fortunate calls, as you brought up, the Arkansas game, but also the Kentucky game. You know, I remember the Kentucky player basically almost crossing the goal line with his over half his body, and they reviewed it. Oh, that was a terrible
0: call. Money. You're exactly right; it was awful. So, when you look at
2: that, um, it's very interesting to think about. Um, you know, sh- should Auburn be where they are? They probably shouldn't. So, but the numbers don't tell the tell the whole story. We know that neither neither of these teams are very good. But I've got South Carolina finding a way to win this one at home.
1: All right, Tyler.
0: Yeah, here, this is a pick I thought that I, I would have a little bit different than you guys. I thought I would kind of roll out with the first pick of the day and surprise you guys. Oh, well, yeah, I'm taking the Cox at home. Let's go. Upset special. But it looks like both of you are on this with me. But I, I do think this is going to be an interesting game. And Cliff, like, you are like, in my notes here, man. you in this Google Doc somewhere because what you said is exactly where my mind is right now. Auburn, yeah, they're two and one. South Carolina's is one and two. You would think, based on the records and just based on the national perception, that Auburn's the much better team. They're having a better year. But I. Don't know if that's the case. You're exactly right. Auburn could easily, and maybe even should be 0-3 right now, while the Gamecocks easily could be 3-0. I know the Florida game's a little bit of stretch, but I think they could easily be 2-1 and at the very least. And if Bobo would have had a little bit of a sense of urgency at the end of that game with Florida, who knows? Maybe they could have found a way to sneak back in and pull that one out. I think they're playing better than Auburn is playing right now. Yeah, and, and Gus Malzahn, that seat that he's on is, is always kind of at least lukewarm, but it's definitely starting to heat up again. Auburn fan, fans, like they thought Bo Nix was going to be their savior coming in last year. But I think even they are starting to realize that maybe that's not actually going to happen for them, at least not this year. Uh, but here's a crazy stat, too. Those are some awesome stats, Cliff. I, I found this. I thought this was insane. South Carolina has not beaten Auburn since Adolf Hitler was the chancellor of Germany. I'm dead serious, guys. I didn't think that was – I heard that. I was like, no way. No way that's true. And I went and looked it up, like, sure enough, they have not beaten I think it was 1936. Now, they've only played like 10 times since then because Carolina didn't join the SEC until 92, I believe. So there weren't as many opportunities to play. But that's just an insane stat. They have not beaten them since the days of Adolf Hitler running Germany. That's crazy stuff. Uh, but, look, history doesn't matter. I just thought that was kind of crazy. But look, I think the South Carolina defensive line is going to overwhelm the Auburn offensive line. We saw up close and personal a couple weeks ago that Auburn offensive line is not ready for prime time. Carolina's defensive line is pretty good, guys. They've been stocking some talent there for a couple of years. A couple of five stars in that line. Bobo has put together a throwback SEC offense. Kevin Harris is a big physical back. He's second in the league right now in rushing. And I, I did, you know, I got to give myself a little credit here. Uh, I haven't got all my picks right, but I have nailed my two upset specials the past two weeks with Ole Miss over Kentucky and Alabama over Florida. So I'm going to kick things off, off today with another upset special of the week. We're going to try to make it three in a row. Let's go.
1: All right. Thanks for that history lesson, too. Yeah, that was not crazy. Guys. I I, did, I
0: truly did not believe that when I heard that. should
1: expect that from you. All right. Staying in the SEC, we have a huge rivalry game with Ken, the Kentucky Wildcats traveling south to Knoxville. Kentucky picked up their first win of the season last week against Mississippi State, and the Cats' defense only allowed a safety. I think this defense is pretty impressive, and I don't know how I feel about Pruitt being able to get his team pumped up to play after such a huge loss last weekend here in Athens. Pruitt just doesn't seem very motivating to me, and I think he comes across as intimidating. And
0: you'll get and, motivated by the person that cusses you out every five. To seconds. me,
1: terrifying. Right? That would not motivate me. That would make me just want to not. You want the out. affirmative
0: motivation? Yes. Yeah, Okay.
1: But what do I know? Anyways, I'm gonna go with Kentucky to win and cover Cliff.
2: Okay, so um, before I get to my pick, let me just go over the scoring margins for these two. I'm going to be doing this in all the games. So Kentucky's 37 with plus 1.7. Tennessee is uh, number 39 with a scoring margin of plus 1.3, so pretty close there as far as the scoring margins go. Uh, I've gone back and forth on this one, um, but to be honest, Kentucky just has had a very sloppy season, if we're being you know totally honest. And Tennessee is still very much in the hunt. I feel like Tennessee has more to play for as well as it being a home game for the Vols. So I don't feel great about this one, but give me the Vols plus the points.
1: All right. Tyler?
0: Yeah, because I've also gone back and forth in this one as well. I've actually changed my pick like three different times this week. And I, one of the reasons for that is I picked Kentucky before this season to win this game. Obviously, I, you can't just stick to that. But, you know, it would be nice to have your preseason prediction be right. So I, I would love to be able to pick Kentucky here. But I just have no faith in that offense right now. They are completely one-dimensional, In that one-dimension, their run game isn't nearly as, as dynamic as it was last year with Lynn Bowden. The defense has been good. It's been fine. It's been solid. Like, they shut out Mike Leach's air rate. I mean, I know that the Bizarro Dogs scored two points, but that was on a safety that wasn't on the Kentucky defense. I think it's like this is, a, this is kind of a toss-up game for me. The, the Kentucky defense line isn't quite as good as ours, but it's still really good. Quentin Bohan, I've been mentioning him a couple of times this, this season – He's a really good nose guard Guys, a really top-level defensive lineman in this league. And you guys know I don't think the performance of that Tennessee offensive line was a one-week thing. I think that's kind of who they are. Uh, But I think this game is going to come down to which team will make more plays in the passing game. I really do. And right now I still trust Tennessee to do more in the passing game than I do Kentucky. Quarantano's not elite, but he can make some plays. We saw that last week. Now he also has that self-destructive gene. But if if he can avoid that, then he can make some plays in the passing game. And Terry Wilson right now, he's 8-20 for 73 yards last week against Mississippi Stadium. They won in spite of him. They didn't even have 200 yards to total offense. I just don't believe in Wilson right now. And the game's also in Knoxville, whatever that's worth in the in the era of coronavirus when the stadiums are a quarter full. But give me the balls to win this one and also cover the six. I think they can suffocate that Kentucky offense.
1: All right. Now let's move to an ACC game with Pitt playing at Miami with the line at 10 and a half. Miami has a strong defense with a better ability to score compared to Pitt. So I'm going to pick Miami to win, but Pitt to cover. Cliff?
2: Yeah, I'm in the same boat. Um, So Pitt is number 34 with a scoring margin of plus three. Uh, Number 13 Miami is uh, 19 with a scoring margin of 11.8. Decent. Uh, Miami is going to have to get the passing game going because I will say this for Pitt, they've got a very stingy rushing defense, so I'm sure they're going to try to make Miami one-dimensional, and then uh, Miami's quarterback's going to have to make some throws. And he's proven he can do it. Um, so we'll just have to see if he can do it this week. I believe he will. I see this being a close one with the Canes winning, but I don't think they covered the 10.5, so I'm with you, with you, Charlie.
1: All
0: right, Tyler? Yeah, I really want to make this my second upset special of the week. I am still strongly considering Pitt, and my, my actual bets that I put down this weekend, I might actually pick Pitt to win this one outright. I'm not sure yet. I haven't quite gotten there. But Miami came back down to earth last week. Uh, but Clemson's going to do that to you. We know that. But Pitt's a weird team. Like They've they they, they lost, they've lost two in a row, they, but they shouldn't have lost to NC State. But they did. They lost in overtime to Boston College after a miss, missed extra point. They are really good on defense. I'm talking like top five nationally good on defense. They still haven't given up four yards in a game yet. But Kenny picking that offense, they're just kind of eh? – like, they should be good on offense. They have pretty good players. Kenny Pickett's a senior quarterback, a veteran guy. We've been waiting on him to arrive. He's solid. He's fine. He just hasn't really turned into an elite player yet. So, like, if you look at Miami, though, I just don't think Miami's all that good. They they were really hyped up because it's Miami. People want them to be back, of course. But they hadn't really played anyone coming to that Clemson game. And then they play Clemson, and they get destroyed. And you're right, Cliff. That pit defense is legit. Like, Pat Narduzzi has them playing at a really high level right now. The problem is the reason I cannot pull the trigger on this game is I just don't trust Kenny Pickett in this kind of game right now. It's still a pretty big game for him in the ACC. So give me Miami to win, but I, I really do think with that defense pick and keep it close, so I'm also going to take the Panthers to cover.
1: All right. Staying in the ACC, well, kind of. So the Fighting Irish are hosting – This the ACC this year. Well, but eh. So – The Fighting Irish are hosting Louisville on Saturday. And I'm not going to lie, I I know Notre Dame joined the ACC for this season so they could actually play football, but I haven't paid any attention to them. Well,
0: they didn't play for like three weeks because of COVID issues.
1: I know, but still, it, it hasn't even been on my radar. But when I was doing my research, I saw that the Irish allowed FSU to score 26 points At first, I was thinking most of those would be, like, mop-up duty, you know, third, fourth quarter. But, no, the Irish allow the Seminoles to score 17 points in the first quarter. Obviously, the Notre Dame defense got it under control, but I don't know. I'm just not impressed. I made a little money off that I
0: I had had FSU plus the points.
1: I'm not impressed. But I will pick Notre Dame to win and cover this weekend. Cliff?
2: Okay, so uh, Louisville is 50 with a scoring margin of negative 5.2. As far as their scoring margin, they're ranked uh, 50 in that category. Um, Not great. Uh, Number four, Notre Dame is number three, with a scoring margin of 27.3. So very good. Um, So they're a pretty balanced team. That's what that tells you. Uh, Louisville just got blown out by Georgia Tech and turned the ball over a lot. Notre Dame usually is a very disciplined team and doesn't beat itself that's not the only reason this is a mismatch, though. Um, I will say this, though. 17 points is a lot of points. And Notre Dame uh, didn't impress me, uh, like you pointed out, against a terrible Florida State bunch, let's be honest. Notre Dame wins but doesn't cover the 17th. All
1: right. Tyler?
0: Yeah, I-, I think I'm with you guys here. I- I'm-, I'm not giving up on Louisville yet. Like Their defense isn't good but it's not as bad as some make it out to be. They're actually 33rd national. I know there's only 70, what, 76 teams playing right now, so they're about middle of the pack. Their problem more than anything has been turnovers. I watched every almost every single snap of that Louisville-Georgia Tech game, and, God, that one sucked. I just was not happy to see that. Plus, <laughs> I, Yeah, never want to see Tech win, and I, I love to bet against Tech whenever I can. For the past couple years, just been like the bank of Georgia Tech for me, but not so much Friday. I, I lost a little money on that one. I won somebody with a Florida State pick, but I lost a little money on Louisville. But it's whatever. It's whatever. But Louisville, like, it's just they turned the ball over. They've had at least two turnovers in every single game. They're 72nd out of 76 teams nationally right now in, in turnovers uh, surrendered. And Notre Dame, like, Notre Dame's good. They're a good team. Probably the second-best team in the ACC, at least for one year. I just don't think Ian Book at quarterback is all that dynamic. Their, their run game has been really good this year with Kyron Williams and Chris Tyree, two young backs. But this Louisville offense is still explosive. defense has some issues, but the offense is explosive when they're not turning it over. Um, so it, I, if, if they can just not turn the ball over two or three times this game, I think they can actually be in this game. Maybe not win it, but like put up a fight. So give me Notre Dame to win. I think that they'll have a little too much at home, but I'm just not sure that Notre Dame has enough firepower to completely pull away from the cards. You can, you can still put up some points. So I'm going to take uh, Notre Dame to win, Louisville to cover.
1: All right. Ole Miss gave Bama a game last weekend. And this weekend, Lane Kiffin is taking his team to Arkansas. With the line at minus three for Ole Miss, I'm doing it. I'm picking Arkansas to win and cover.
0: How dare you steal my pick? I swear to God, you're stealing I'm my pick. I'm not picks.
1: saying it's logical, but I'm picking Sam Pittman and his hogs to pick up another win this weekend. And I have a question. Do they spell hogs like we spell dogs?
0: I think they. some people do, but I don't think it's – as common as we spell dog, like A-W. I would hope not,
1: because that just looks wrong.
0: Hogs, yeah, it's not a problem dogs is.
1: looks wrong too, but not as wrong as hogs.
0: No, that's how we. That's literally how we pronounce dogs, though. Nah,
1: that's true. Like
0: what what was wrong to me is people like in Washington, like the Washington Huskies. They spell dogs d a w g. I'm like, no one in the state of Washington talks like that.
1: That's true.
0: Like you're just flat out plagiarizing us.
1: <laughs> this is true. Anyways, Cliff, what's your pick?
0: Okay, after
2: that, let's let's get back back on track here. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Get us on track. All right, so, all right. So Ole Miss is 61 with a scoring margin of negative 10. Not very good. Uh, Arkansas is number 55 with a scoring margin of negative 7.3. A little better. Still, um, when you look at that, um, the fact that they're giving up that much points, even though they're they're especially in Ole Miss's case, they're scoring a lot of points. Um, We'll get back. We'll get back to that a little bit when I talk about the Georgia game. But um, I think when you when you consider that, it really makes you kind of contemplate how good of a team really is Ole Miss, and they just gave Alabama a heck of a game. That that gives me a little bit of hope for Georgia. But um, I know they're two vastly different offenses. But just wanted to throw that out there. Yeah,
0: I mean, you're. you I, I. don't think you're crazy saying that, Cliff. Not at all. So. Um, but back to this game, I'm not
2: confident enough in Arkansas's offense to keep up with Ole Miss if this ends up being a shootout. Um, I've got to go with my head, head over my heart on this one. Of course, this is one I'd be more than happy to be wrong about, but I've got Ole Miss winning um, comfortably, comfortably um, and easily covering the three points.
1: All right, Tyler?
0: it's a very fair pick. And I, I came into this week after watching Ole Miss play Bama and it really kind of breaking that game down – as many ways as I possibly could getting ready for our game this week. But So I fully came into this week expecting to pick Ole Miss because that offense is just dynamic. Yeah, their defense is terrible, but the offense is just lights out right now. But one thing that's caused me to reevaluate that throughout the week is apparently Ole Miss is now having their own COVID issues this week with a number of players out. We don't know exactly how many or who. Kiffin's doing his best Nick Saban impression right now, keeping all that information very close to the vest. So that's kind of thrown this pick into disarray for me. I, I'm not sure like how I feel right now about this game. I think Ole Miss is probably the better team if everyone's healthy. Uh, but if you, like, but let's talk about that defense. So we got to talk about that defense. That Landshark defense is historically bad, guys. They're right now they're giving up 641 yards a game through the first three weeks. 641. I did not misspeak. 641. Let me say it again. I went back and looked it up, guys. That is the worst defense, not just in the SEC. That's the worst defense in all of America in at least the last 12 years if they stay at that same pace. There's only actually one other team over the past 12 years that's given up more than 500 yards or over uh, 599 yards a game so in, in the 600 yards per, per game range, and that was Connecticut a couple years back. Arkansas got screwed last week. We mentioned that. But these guys are playing hard, man. Sam Pittman has got these dudes playing, man. They're believing. There's definitely not the most talented team and probably not the most talented team in this game. But they're playing hard, they look competent, and they believe. And that's something you can't discount. They also get Ray Raheem Boyd back this week, who's a key part of that offense. If Felipe Franks can continue to play like he did last week, going for over 300 yards, I mean, that was probably the best game that guy has ever played in his life. So if he can try to replicate that second week in a row, which who knows, it's Felipe Franks. There's a really good chance he can't do that. But if he can find a way to play that way, get Rakeem Boyd back. If Ole Miss is really ravaged by COVID, like Kiffin is making it seem like they are, who knows? Maybe he's just playing mind games. I don't know. But you know what? With all that uncertainty, what the heck? Let's take the Hogs. Uh you don't feel great about it, but yeah, let's take the Hogs to win this one outright.
1: I feel great about it.
0: You feel great about it? Uh, great great about, about it. Legitimately great? I
1: feel great.
0: You put some money on it?
1: I mean no. that that good. I don't actually bet.
0: Oh come on, no loser.
1: All right, Texas A&M is coming off a big win and has been preparing for Mike Leach's air raid offense this week. And after beating the best team in the SEC East last weekend, A&M has been living on cloud the what? nine. What did I get best
0: team in the SEC? Did you try to sneak that in there? Sorry. Oh, okay, I didn't sense that. No. Maybe I'm just dumb.
1: It's because everything I say is sarcastic. Yeah,
0: that's that's
1: true. All right. I think Jimbo will be able to pull out a win on Saturday, but Mississippi State will cover. Cliff?
2: Okay, so uh, number 11, Texas A&M, is uh, 54 in the scoring margin with a negative 6.7. Mississippi State is 53 with a scoring margin of negative 6.3. Pretty doggone close there. Yeah, Um, But when you take this into context, outside of the win over LSU, Mississippi State has really come back to earth. Uh, Texas A&M is coming off a huge, huge upset. They're riding high, very confident coming into this game. Um, A&M has a stout enough defense, I believe, to keep the Bizarro Dogs air raid attack at bay. Give me A&M and the points.
1: All right. Tyler?
0: Yeah, the guys, the air raid, if you've been paying attention the past couple weeks, it has been grounded, at least temporarily. Uh, The quarterback right now, like this is what we were saying last week. If you drop eight in the coverage, rush three, drop eight in the coverage, that has been the recipe to at least give that Mike Leach air raid offense some issues. I'm not saying it it causes them to lose their mind every single time you run that, but historically, especially when he was at Washington State, Washington, Jimmy Lake, their defensive coordinator, was able to stifle that Mike Leach offense just dropping eight in the coverage. Now they had some good athletes there but and maybe Mississippi and maybe Texas A&M doesn't have those athletes. I, don't, I mean actually I actually think the A&M defense is pretty talented. So if you if if they're going to just follow that pattern and that trend, rush 3, drop 8 in the coverage, right now the quarterbacks from mississippi state are having a lot of trouble see, seeing the field. And I imagine and like they'd be really ridiculously dumb to do anything other than that because right now over the past 2 games, mississippi state has scored four points combined over the last two games. In fact, they have five times as many turnovers as they do touchdowns since that big win over LSU. They have 10 turnovers and only two touchdowns over the past couple of weeks. That's not going to get it done. And are they going to fix that all in one week? I mean, the more reps they get, the better they're going to become. But I just don't see all those issues being fixed in one week. Kelamon just played the game of his life against Florida, but can he do it consistently? That is a question that I have. Uh, it's still a pro style attack that leans on the ground game. And the Mississippi State rush defense is really good, guys. I mean, their defense in general is really good. They're 12th nationally, you know, 285 yards a game. They're 5th nationally in rush defense, only around 75 yards a game. So that does give me some pause here in this matchup. Because If you watched AM against Florida last week, they won that game. Yeah, Kelamon played really well, but they just ran it down Florida's throat in the second half that pro style attack. I don't know if they're going to be able to do that against Mississippi state. Actually, I don't think that they will to that degree. So this game is probably going to be put on the back of Calamon. And if he plays like he did last week against Florida, then they'll probably still be able to go on the road and pull out this win, but we'll see Calamon. Like I said, he's, he's inconsistent. He can have games like that, but can he do it two weeks in a row? Kind of like Felipe Franks. But this, this game is tough for me. I honestly, I think the, the play here is, is the under take the 54 and a half as the under, but this mississippi state offense is is reeling so badly right now so just give me AM to win and cover this one as well i don't feel super confident about the cover but i like AM to win I just, mississippi state offense is just in disarray right now
1: okay well last week i picked unc because i like my mac brown and i'm picking them again this week fsu is continuing down their never ending path of self destruction I don't even think the Seminoles will be able to cover the 13. So UNC to win and cover. Cliff?
2: Well, you want to talk about a difference in scoring margins? Here we go. So if North Carolina is number 16 with a scoring margin of plus 13.3. Can you guess how bad Florida State says?
0: Oh, God. Um, minus um, 50?
2: They're 71 with a scoring margin of negative 20.3.
0: Oh, wow. So let's be honest,
2: so North Carolina is playing at a high level while Florida State's program is still very much down, although they did show some fight give them a little credit against Notre Dame, Um, but that says a little more about, you know, is Notre Dame overrated? Um, So North Carolina will win. I think they cover, and that's all I got on this one.
1: Neither?
0: Yeah, Florida State, they, they are, I think they are playing better offensively with Jordan Travis at quarterback. They made the change from James Blackman to Jordan Travis. He's a true dual threat guy. Blackman moved fine, but he's not a dual threat type guy. Travis is a legitimate runner back there. He can throw the ball pretty well too. Over the past couple games since he's been inserted as their starter, they've gone from 318 yards a game to 486. I mean, that we're talking 150 plus yards difference in their offense. But their defense is still terrible. It's still flat-out awful. They're giving up 450 yards a game, 194 yards a game on the ground, almost two bills on the ground. In North Carolina, that, that's a tough team to defend. They're one of the more balanced teams in the nation. They can beat you with Sam Howell's arm. They can beat you on the ground. I mean, they just put up a 50-burger on Virginia Tech with Sam Howell th- throwing for just a little over 250 yards. He didn't have one of his better games. They didn't need him because Javante Williams and Michael Carter on the ground, they both ran for over 100 yards. They just ran wild. They almost had 40 yards rushing as a team against uh, Virginia Tech, who's traditionally a pretty good defense. So I think Williams and Carter are honestly as good of a one-two punch as any tandem in America at the running back spot. They're number eight nationally in rushing offense. And you got Sam Howell as well, and then and a great group of receivers. I mean, I think North Carolina is a really legitimately strong offense. they really a potentially borderline elite offense. Defensively, there's some questions there still. But it's Florida State, good enough on offense, even with Jordan at quarterback to really make them pay. I think North Carolina wins this game. The cover is a little tougher for me to, to call because Florida State is playing better on offense, but that defense has just been such a train wreck all year long. I and mean, I think North Carolina is a really, really dangerous offense. So giving the heels to win and also cover as well.
1: All right. Now to the big game. Let's go. When I was making my picks yesterday, it was before we found out Nick Saban tested positive for COVID and now we won't be coaching on Well, you know you can always
0: change your pick, right? You haven't given it out yet.
1: I know. So I'm ch- I'm changing.
0: It. Okay, okay.
1: I sincerely hope Nick Saban is okay. He's a pretty healthy guy. Nick that- Saban
0: is the Terminator. He cannot yeah. die.
1: Well, he does have that little Debbie every morning, and I'm so jealous. does the body I would well. Does the body good to be my breakfast every morning. Well,
0: what's stopping you?
1: Um, uh, guilt,
0: ego. So I think <laughs> yeah. he'll be
1: okay. He's probably hating life right now, but I think he'll live. I think he'll be fine. Um, or he might be secretly enjoying some quiet time.
0: No. No. Throwing
1: things in his house, breaking everything. Yeah,
0: no. This Terry wants him out. He lives he lives to be on that football field.
1: Originally I was going to pick Bama to win with UGA covering, but now I'm choosing the dogs to win and cover. Cliff.
2: I'm disappointed you didn't have Georgia to start with, Charlie, but that's okay.
1: I know, (laughs) I know, it's bad.
2: All right. So um talking about scoring margins, this was interesting. So Georgia is number four with a scoring margin of plus 23.7. Now, you would think you know, Alabama supposedly is the more dominant team, the more exciting offense, but their scoring margin actually is not quite as good as Georgia's. Not by a lot, but it's, a, it's not quite as good. So, Bama is number seven with a scoring margin of 20.7. So, isn't it interesting how while George, Georgia's offense hasn't been as exciting, you know, I'll give you that, The Dogs have outscored their opponents by a wider margin. When it comes to the scoreboard, the numbers don't lie, and Georgia has actually been more dominant overall. So my keys to the game are, can Georgia apply pressure on Mac Jones without having to send extra rushers? And can the Dogs stuff the Tide's rushing attack, making them one-dimensional, hopefully forcing Mac Jones to make a mistake here or there, and Georgia get some turnovers, and that would be the difference in the game. Um, As far as the offense goes, it's going to be about – not giving Bama any extra possessions, running the ball, running the ball well, and playing clean football, which has been an issue at times, if we're being honest. And you know, from looking at these scoring margins and looking at these other games, you know, I actually have more confidence Georgia in Georgia based on the fact that if you just look at scoring margins, Ole Miss looks like a below-average team, you know, in that and that category. And they took Alabama to the wire. And if if they had a, the ball go their way a few a few more bounces go their way, they could have really pushed it to overtime or even beaten Alabama. And if they could do that with the horrendous defense that you went over earlier, Tyler, I certainly think the Dogs can beat them. Um, now, Stetson Bennett's going to have to play well, but I don't think he has to be a world beater either. I think he just has to play within himself, make good decisions, throw, their ball, throw the ball accurately, not try to force things. And if the offensive line shows up and plays like they did against Auburn, um, that's going to be big too, but we'll just have to wait and see. But as far as my score prediction, I've got the dogs winning 31, 21. I think they get it done and win
0: by 10. All Go right. dogs. Go dogs. Cliff, I love your confidence, man. I really do. And yeah, those are some great numbers, but everything you said there is a hundred percent factual. And it's, you really can't argue with that. Uh, I think you're spot on there, but I will say this is, despite those numbers, it's still a tough one for me to gauge I, like I said on the, on the preview show earlier in the week, I, just, I do think we have the narrow edge in overall talent for the first time ever in a Kirby versus Saban matchup. Not, not a, a massive advantage here, but still a slight advantage in overall talent. Number one versus number two, according to 247 Composites 2020 rankings. Um, if you look at the, the defense versus offense matchup, obviously that's getting a lot of publicity this week at the number one SP and p plus defense versus number one SP and p plus offense. And then you have the below average Bama defense giving up 473 yards a game. 66 nationally out of 76 teams, by the way. Six yards per play is the most unsaving-like number I've ever heard in my life. So you get that below-average Bama defense versus, I mean, uh, you're right, Cliff, maybe not exciting, but a competent Georgia offense. I don't think we're as bad offensively as people like to make it out to be. We're certainly not explosive, but we're still competent. 34th nationally, 420 yards a game. And so when a game looks that evenly matched on paper – with a great offense versus a great defense, an average defense versus maybe a slightly above-average offense, I think it comes down to the little things and the individual matchups. That's where the game is going to be won and lost. And Cliff, you pointed out some of the key matchups. If the answer is yes to both those matchups you pointed out, can we get pressure on Mac Jones without having to bring extra guys? Can we stop their run game? If the answer is yes to both those questions, we win this game. And I think we win it by more than a touchdown if the answer is yes to both those. we I have to find out if that ends up happening. But another matchup I really like here – is Stetson Bennett has been at his best throwing to the, to the middle of the field, to Kieris Jackson, the tight ends, even the running backs. I mentioned this on the, on the preview show, but in case you missed that.
2: Yeah.
0: I was actually thinking about
2: that a, a lot today. The middle of the field is going to be critical, and uh, Stetson Bennett's been brilliant. I mean, that throw he made to Trey McKinney, I mean, that was big time.
0: It was unbelievable. I mean, on the move, like, like not only where he could like, actually make a play of the ball and catch the ball in pretty tight coverage, but where he could catch it and continue to run up field. And that's just such, I mean, is Tess the biggest guy to say the strongest arm? No, he doesn't. But if he can continue to be that accurate with the football and place the ball that well, like, he can be more than good enough for us to do everything that we need to do offensively. And the middle of the field, like, yeah, I mean, he's been, he's been actually borderline great in the middle of the field, 91.2 on the pro football focus grade. It throwing the ball to the middle of the field between 20 and 30 yards. I mean, that is elite play right there. Now, that's not the entire game, but that's where he excels right now is throwing the ball to the middle of the field. And if you look at Alabama's defense, there are a lot of holes on that defense. We've talked about this before. But I think the biggest holes are in coverage in the middle of the field with their safeties, their linebacker, and the star position where you have a true fresh Malachi Moore, starting and playing almost the entire game for them at star. All those guys have been liabilities and coverage for Alabama. Matt Corral killed them with throws to the middle of the field. Kenny with the tight end for Ole Miss, had seven catches for 181 yards. Elijah Moore, operating a lot out of the slot, had 11 catches for 143 yards. Both their touchdown passes against Alabama came on passes to the middle of the field. So I think Alabama is going to have to compensate for that at some point. I think we're going to – If Cliff, if you and I can see that, you know our coaches can see that. They, they know – I, I, I want to speak for you. They know a lot more about – football than I do. Well, here's another thing to think about
2: long-term. Which team has further to go to being a complete team? I would, th- I would say it's Alabama by a mile, and that's not good for them. You know, you look at LSU last year, as explosive as they were, they still had a very good defense when it counted towards the end of the year. Now, I really feel like Alabama's going to have to get a lot stronger in that department for them to be a serious national title contender. And I just, I think, you know, by the end of the year, um, you know, even if Georgia doesn't pull off this game, I think their offense is only going to get stronger and stronger. By the end of the year, they're going to be clicking on all cylinders. And who knows how good this Georgia team can be by then. So, really, I feel like if Alabama is going to beat us, this is this is the time for them to do it. But yeah. I still feel confident in my boys. I feel like the dogs are going to get it done. I didn't even bring up special teams. I feel like Georgia's far stronger overall in special teams.
0: You've been all over the special teams, and, that, and that, I think that could actually end up being one of the keys this game. Because Jalen Wald, we know he's a great return man, but we've been, we've been so good at essentially every aspect of special teams this year, and that could absolutely end up being the difference in a tight game like this. But I, I, I love what you're saying there about which team has more room to improve. I think you could make that argument. absolutely, absolutely is Alabama. And I also would add to that and say, you know what, I think that our offense has more potential for growth than the Alabama defense does. Because totally agree. Yeah, that defense, like, they don't have a new coordinator. They don't have a bunch of young guys outside of Malachi Moore. They don't have a bunch of inexperience out there. They're not working in a new system, like you can say, for our offense. So I think our offense, week by week, is improving and growing. And I know that you're right. Like, we're, It's unfortunate we played them in week four. If we played them in week seven or eight, I'd feel much better about this game. But I do think that our offense is, is certainly a unit that has more potential for growth than that Alabama defense. I, I mean, I know people want to just say, well, Ole Miss is really good. They're doing this to everybody. Yeah, they are, but A&M also put up a lot of yards on Alabama too. This is not just a, a one-game thing. Ole Miss really exposed them most recently, but they haven't been particularly great all year. And, and Here's it, another like thing Here's another thing
2: to throw out, Tyler. Georgia has a lot more, more uh, room to throw wrinkles out there that Alabama hasn't seen with a whole new offense and a brand-new offensive coordinator. you got to think Munkin's got some stuff up his sleeve he hasn't shown yet.
0: That's another outstanding point. I, I totally agree. Like we, at this point, like we know what the Alabama defense is. Like we know what they do. And they, they know maybe what Munkin's done traditionally, but they don't know what Munkin does with this offense completely. I mean, they have three games worth of tape, but as, as long as Todd Mungin's been doing this, you're exactly right. I think he's probably got some wrinkles up his sleeve that maybe they haven't seen before. And I'm very anxious to see what those are going to be. So that's a, that's a great factor there. Um, but like, I just go back to the matchups. I, I I really do like the matchups here. So if they, if we're able to hurt them in the middle of the field, like I think that we're going to be able to, then they're going to have to compensate for that. And I'm curious to see, like I said, in the, in the preview show, what do they do with George Pickens? If we're hurting them in the middle of the field with our tight ends, with Gary Jackson, with our running backs, do they then change their coverage and try to defend Pickens one-on-one with their all American cornerback, Patrick Sertan? Is if they do, Honestly, I don't care if Sertan's an All-American or not. I like Pickens if he's given those one-on-one opportunities. This might potentially be his breakout game if they decide to to try that.
2: Well, one wrinkle I'd love to see is um, now that James Cook is back, you know, putting him out wide, doing some reverses with him, switching up with some zone read with him and Stetson Bennett, make use of his advantages as far as his dual dual threat capability. That's been the kind of thing that's beaten Alabama in the past. And we really didn't have that element with Jake Fromm. I think we need to take full advantage of it this week. I mean, this is the week of all weeks to just throw everything out there. Why hold anything back?
0: Totally agree. It's not like I said coming in last week's game against Tennessee. I I imagine Tennessee was going to throw the whole kitchen sink at us. So this might be the week for us to do that to Alabama. Like, whatever it takes to win this game, let's do it. Let's just get it done and find a way to win this football game. And I also think, as I mentioned on on the preview show, I think depth is going to be huge in this game. I think we have a clear edge in overall depth. I think if you look at the starting 22 for both teams, the talent's pretty comparable. But where we have the edge is depth. We can roll guys in and out offensively, especially defensively, and not really miss much of a beat. And so I don't necessarily see us coming in and blowing their doors off. I don't know if we're quite there offensively, but obviously we are improving. To me, this game is about, can we stay in it until the second half where our depth can begin to become more of a factor? And honestly, Cliff, you're going to be disappointed in me, man. But I came into this week before I really started breaking down all the tape in the first couple of weeks for Alabama. I came into this week fully expecting to pick Alabama on this episode. But after really digging into this game all week long, I, I'm i changing my tune here, man. I'm absolutely changing my mind. I really like the matchups here for us. I love the it's depth. Good could, it's good I could talk some sense to y'all. You're welcome. That, that's why we had to have you on this week, man. We needed you to talk some sense. Like we always love your optimism, but I, I'm buying it, man. I'm totally buying everything you're saying. Uh, when I was breaking down the tape this week, I, I kept watching. I was like, dude, like, yeah, Alabama's still really good, but I think we might be able to beat them. I, I think we might be able to beat this team. And it's, but this, I, I will admit, this is not necessarily I'm, – I'm still not as confident as you, Cliff, I will say that, but the matchups, the depth, the special teams – could be a difference in a tight game too. So let me do something I have spent the past nine months thinking I wouldn't do and let me pick the dogs to win this game out. Right. Let's go. Let's get this done. All right. Is that it, Charlie? That's it, right?
1: That's all.
0: All right, guys. Well, Cliff, man, thank you so much for joining us, man. You were awesome today. We appreciate all the the deep dive stat numbers you gave us. Great stuff, man. Loved it. Appreciate it, guys. Absolutely, buddy. Well, have a great weekend. Let's go dogs. Go dogs. All right, guys, that does it for us here today on the Glory UGA podcast. We know the stakes of this one. This is a game that many of us have been waiting years to see play out, and it's here. It is finally here. Well, let's hope it actually gets here, obviously, with the circumstances surrounding the game. From a medical standpoint, with the COVID news, that's still at least somewhat up in the air, knock on wood, but hopefully we'll be able to get this game in, and maybe, just maybe, We can get this Alabama monkey off our back and move forward the rest of the season. It's not the most important game on the schedule as far as I'm concerned. I still think the Florida game is the most important game on the schedule because we can win or lose this game as long as we don't stumble down the stretch against a team that we shouldn't lose to. If we can still beat Florida, we're still going to go to the SEC title game, win the East for the fourth consecutive year, and who knows? probably get a rematch with them in the SEC title game. This is an important game from a perception standpoint, from a recruiting standpoint. All of those things, it's certainly important. But I would still say the floor game is a little bit more important. But for this week, it is clearly the biggest matchup on the college football slate. And it might end up being the biggest regular season matchup of the entire year if the game itself lives up to the hype and both teams take care of business the rest of the way. But it's going to be awesome, guys. This is what college football is all about. And it's just awesome to have our Georgia Bulldogs in games of this magnitude. So it's going to be a lot of fun. But thanks for listening, guys. For Charlie, for Cliff, I'm Tyler. And as always, Go Dawgs!